Just reading the, the short, tiny, like, Google snippet from the Wikipedia page. Like Captain Marvel, most of the bearers of the Miss Marvel title gained their powers through Kree technology or genetics. So, mm. genetics. The same way most people get their talents and abilities. Like, breathing. That's <laughs> where I got my superpowers. Phil is back. His first name is Agent. <laughs> Not Nicholas. Nick's got two working eyes. And a full head of hair. And a full head of hair, yeah. I like that they did... The only way they managed to like really de-age Samuel L. Jackson and the gentleman who plays Agent Phil is to just give them more hair. No, I don't believe this. What? You haven't been recording. No, I haven't. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't been recording. Oh, <laughs> damn <no>. it. <laughs> Spontaneous dismay. <laughs> All of that fantastic slurp action. But to be honest, if I'm being very honest, we did. I was not recording for the slurp. So <laughs> it was only a three way slurp. Yeah, it went from a three way to a two way, and it was just me and Nathan slurping with each other. After all this, let's just do marks out of ten and call it a night. <laughs> <laughs> now I have too many things to say. We're so close to the end. <laughs> what else did we say? I can't remember. Something about the last force and being Buffy. Yeah. Something about Wikipedia printable version looking like the 90s. What else is from the 90s? Speaking of the 90s. <laughs> and then a long argument about an unrelated, well, an extremely related property that's not currently relevant. That we did in the last episode anyway, so hopefully we won't do this time round. No, Shazam is relevant. Anyway. Welcome to this week's episode of Remedial Nerding, the podcast where three nerds force each other to watch something that they really should have already seen. Your friendly neighbourhood nerds this week are Nathan, Dan and me, Paul. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad nerd. Hello and welcome to Remedial Nerding Season 6 Episode 21. This time it's Captain Marvel. Subtext. I've already done this once tonight. Subtext, subtext, thank fuck we've only got one more of these to do so we can go and sleep and hibernate forever. Unfortunately, I've heard it's 6 hours and 45 minutes long, but <laughs> we'll save that for the end. Check your recording. I'm test, test, oh, test, test. No, it's fine. I am definitely recording. The numbers are going up and there's a little wiggly line. Wiggly line. That's the closest we've come to utter failure. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting's hard, man. I did hear someone say the other day that um, I've got a podcast that's like the the 2010s slash 20s version of oh, I'm in a band. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'd say it's the 2010s to 20s version of I've got a zine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but if it's going to be like I have a band, can we change the band's name every three episodes? If yes, I vote this episode. Our band name is Drunken Donkey Punch. I assumed... All the way through that sentence, you were going to come up with some brilliant pun relating to Captain Marvel. Yeah, Shit. me too. I was like, <laughs> I, blew it. I don't remember that reference. I think you may have watched a different film than the rest of us, Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a different Captain Marvel. Long pause while we all try and think of a porn parody title. Save that for later. <laughs> Listeners, write in. 
Hello, Joanne. How are you? You were introduced in the recording that didn't get saved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me back. Reoccurring guest star, Joanne. You super wanted to be on this particular film's discussion. I did. And to be fair, she does bring balance to the force trio of, oh, of madness. <laughs> Is this Hollywood balance, as in 75% males? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Look, it's the best we can do. The patriarchy. Physically impossible to pass the Bechdel test. Yeah. I don't even think Captain Marvel passes the Bechdel test. Yeah, it does. Oh, it does, because... She goes to the only other female actor's house and sits down and has a cup of tea. Now, hold on a minute. That is definitely wrong. I'm sure there's a point at which Carol and the other person whose name I've forgotten, conversation ranges from Elizabeth Warren to... Yeah, true. No, you are right. Minerva, except it's not the word Minerva, because we didn't realise until afterwards that she wouldn't know who Minerva is, so it's two words, Min and Erva. (laughs) (laughs) That evil fighter pilot who gets blown up in a canyon two-thirds of the way through the film. Yeah. Yeah, they have a discussion about not hanging out with each other in the middle of a fight scene. Yeah. Shall we start at the beginning? No, this never works if we start at the beginning. Let's talk about all the awesome 90s things that are in it, like young Phil Coulson and Nick Fury with both eyes and all his hair. (laughs) Yeah, this film is a... So there's... What three time four timelines in time scenes? There's 1989. Mm-hmm. There's 1995. Mm-hmm. There's present day in speech marks. That's three in the end credit scene. Oh yeah. Is that all? And whenever Goose pukes up the tesseract, because that could be any time. Although late. Fury's in the same office, so it's not too long after. But he does have a different computer, doesn't he? I don't know. But... I want to say yes, but I'm. I thought we were meant to track like the difference in his office and that he didn't have one of the old yellow, should-be-white, plastic-cased monitors, but it was a sleek black Dell. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it looked a bit sleeker. Also, I don't think we should be able to um, you know, date computers by going, that monitor had a black case, it was definitely a Dell. <laughs> <laughs> but in essence, though, this is sort of a bit of a, a set-up film for Marvel, for Captain Marvel. It's a bit of a tie-in film so that we don't go, who the fuck's this chick when Captain Marvel turns up in Endgame? Mm-hmm. It's a, what the fuck happened to Fury's eye? Yeah, but none of that needed to happen, though, did it? I mean, like... How did we, how did we get a Quinjet that could go to space? <laughs> <laughs> we could have just continued on with the assume something awesome happened as opposed to spoiler alert it got scratched in the eye by a cat only it's not a cat it's spoiler a alert. flarkin <laughs> it's a mother flarkin <laughs> i mean this film is more a nick fury origin story i don't know i think the vibe i got from nick fury in this film is the doctor's um companion yeah because mm. he's the kind of at this point fairly new to the job shield agent is it shield or is it pre-shield i don't know it's shield who kind of stumbles up on superpowered, what she called at the start of the film, Vers. Yeah. When she's under Viz. the misapprehension that she's a Kree superhero. Who, if you remember, which I did not, were the bad guys from Guardians 1. Yeah. I wrote this down when I was watching. Do like it? Do people just know what who the Kree are? Because my most, like where I know the most from is from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because they play a really big role in one of the series of that and i always forget that they're in 
No, not you, Siri. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> In series, yeah. Yeah. No, I had forgotten. I thought they were the people who were run by Glenn Close. Yeah. Up until the point at which Blue Samurai turned up. What's his name? Ronin. Ronin. No, the, the the people that Glenn Close is shouting at over the videophone because they won't rain Ronin in. Yeah. And they go, we signed your peace treaty, it's your problem, whilst Ronin's going around dressing in armus. Yeah, so that's the point at which you're supposed to figure out that not all is well with Space Air Force. <laughs> yeah. Space Force. It's also when you see uh, Korath, the, um, oh, the guy who becomes Ronin's second-in-command with all the cybernetic stuff in his head without that in his head it's like oh oh well he can't be good then yeah i don't remember who korath is the guy with the swords who only laughs on the inside oh yeah, yeah i remember and him. is objectively handsome i had had not made that connection i the other person i get a reminiscence from here is that carol in the first third of the film spoiler alert she's actually called carol <laughs> um, reminds me a lot of tony stark i think yeah. that's intentional though yeah it it feels like it feels a bit like they they knew people love Tony Stark. We've got to throw this character at them that we're telling them's going to be a big player because of the page at the end of Infinity War. So like, how do we make them immediately like this new character that they've never met and half of them have never even heard of? Oh, make her like Tony. <laughs> make her a cocky little shit. People love that. She really is a cocky shit. She's a cocky yeah. shit, but she's less of an asshole than Tony was. She's lovable with it. I think it's because she isn't obscenely rich and has always <laughs> gone her own way. So I mean, <laughs> what I'm saying is Tony suffers from white privilege and male privilege <laughs> and rich privilege. Just privilege. <laughs> Tony suffers from privilege until he All eats humble pie. Whereas Carol's riding on the London Underground at one point. <laughs> Sorry, I should clarify the space London Underground. I was going to say, is, was that a euphemism? <laughs> when she's going to meet with Computer God, I'm a little bit unclear as to what's going on there. Yeah, yeah the, yeah, the Supreme God. Intelligence, the AI leader of the Kree. I was about to say the Supreme Leader, but that's a different franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Who. Dan's doing visual humour again. Who? <laughs> it's a podcast, Dan. <laughs> that's fine. Who classically takes on the visual appearance of the person you admire the most. Even if you don't know that person. <laughs> Even if you want to tell the audience that you've got an unreliable memory. Layer that on top of the fact that they're apparently fighting doppelgangers in the first part of the film. That's the Space Force's mission. Skrulls is the copyrighted term for space doppelgangers. <laughs> they look like goblins, except when they look like other actors. <laughs> Wait, how do I know the three of you are actually you? You don't. You need to ask some questions. You can all assume that I'm me, given how, given the colossal level of my fuck up earlier. Give me a, <laughs> give me a random fact for your past that no uh, scroll could ever make up. No, I'm thinking. I was expecting a direct quote from Fury, and that if he has toast and it's not cut oh. diagonally, he can't eat it. Which now I really want to know if that was written or if Samuel L. Jackson has a thing about toast. <laughs> well, the well, this it seems as though someone thought about it, but it could just be that someone happened to watch the scene in I think Age of Ultron where he's making toast in Barton's kitchen and I I'm pretty sure he cuts it in half in a rectangle, not a triangle. 
because I remember seeing loads of things of people being like, oh my god, this crazy fact from four movies ago. I'm like, no, someone just realised he'd cut toast not into triangles one time, but I've never been checked. I think that the fan base has imputed on the MCU more cohesiveness than it has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. Oh, yes, I didn't twig that whilst watching it. What's that? So, uh, the guy that plays Talos, the leader of the doppelgangers, uh, also plays Keller, so Fury's boss, uh, is uh, Ben Mendelsohn, Wish who's also director Krennic in Road 1. Amidst my achievements. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he is. So that was that, because, yeah, the, that's the chief doppelganger as far as we're concerned and he spends a considerable middle portion of the film imitating the regional sub-boss of S.H.I.E.L.D. who's saying things like, don't pursue this scroll threat too vigorously. Yeah. But in any case, this wild chase somehow brings them to Earth, brackets, C-53, brackets specifically a blockbuster <laughs> in Arlington, Virginia. Good old blockbuster. I actually don't know where it was meant to be. Somewhere close enough to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters that they drive there in less than an afternoon. <laughs> Where even is S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters? Washington? Uh, yeah, I think in Winter Soldier it's on the Potomac, isn't it? Yeah. But then that's 20 years after yeah. this film or something, so who knows? But it was also in the Triskelion um, in Ant-Man and the Wasp when Hank Pym was Ant-Man. And it was yeah, that's true. Atwell mm. and older Daddy Stark. Howard. Howard. That's him. Not, not Daddy Stark. Here's a depressing fact from the... Uh... The cast portion of the... Oh boy, I love those. Of the wiki. <laughs> oh no. So, uh, Carol, there's Captain Marvel's played by Brie Larson, who at the time of casting was only 26, uh, but they were concerned that that was too young to portray an accomplished airman. So they went and spoke to the US Air Force, who said uh, it was possible for someone to excel between the ages of 28 and 34. <laughs> well, great. That's a six-year window that's already closed on three of us. <laughs> I mean, all that means is that I peaked at some point in my past and I'm now in the slow decline. So <laughs> that's fine by me. I can now <laughs> it's just all downhill from here. I, I don't need to worry about going to the gym or trying to eat healthy because it's officially laid out. It is all downhill. Because you're in your late 30s and you're basically just spinning your wheels until death now. <laughs> yeah. That, that There's just no point in putting any effort anymore. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, then change your aspirations to be an excellent mathematician or Rubik's Cube solver, in which case you're 20 years past the peak of your oh, likely God. abilities. <laughs> it's all creaking joints and midnight wheeze from now on. You say that like I shouldn't have reached that stage yet, but... <laughs> um... It just means you peaked early. That's that's all that is. Oh, great. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's so much That better. made me feel great, Dan. Thank you very much. <laughs> So what did you think of Brie Larson as Carol? I thought she was I thought great. she held the screen in a way that has not really been equaled up till now, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought she was absolutely fantastic. I think yeah. she was on a par with um, RDJ or Chadwick Boseman. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And the supporting cast? <laughs> Since we were just in agreement that Brie Larson did a bang-up job, which puts us in the minority of Marvel yeah. fans. Yeah, that's really disappointing when we all, when we all agree. I don't know. No. Hopefully Paul's going to edit out the sound of typing as I go to look up the name of the character, or indeed actor. Well, I remember <laughs> the character. It is Actually, I know I don't remember the character's name. It's Marvel. 
from whom she gets her title, I presume, who is oh, a kind of um, space alien Operation Paperclip. <laughs> yeah, Annette Benning. There you go. Wendy Lawson, that was her cover name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While surreptitiously feeding alien space technology, or developing it while on Earth, so as to get ready for the twist, one of 16, evacuate the scrolls to the furthest reaches of space where the Kree can't finish genociding them. Mm. Because she's invented a lightspeed engine. But we're just going to move you to a new galaxy where, you know, the handful of people you've got left could be eaten by different space monsters. She's formerly in American Beauty. That's where I would recognise her from. Annette Benning. Yeah. And, like, at the same time as Captain Marvel was filming, was playing Senator Feinstein in something else, so... So I'm going to defend calling her Elizabeth Warren because I think she'll be portraying her own film within a couple of years. <laughs> I really liked her, and partly that's because she's in two roles, which is one as this conscientious objector, Wendy Lawson slash Marvel, and secondly as robot... Uh, not robot. Computer God, the supreme intelligence, <laughs> imitating her appearance mm. while talking to Carol. And in those two roles seems completely different, in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely like a double cast where you'd never at any point think, wait, which one is this? Hmm. Speaking of double castings, I have to give my uh, MVP to four people called Reggie, Gonzo, Archie, and Rizzo. (laughs) (laughs) The cats. Yeah. And I only know that because we just finished rewatching it and as the credits were going, Femdan literally went, oh, there were four cats. And I was like, there mm-hmm. were. There are four <laughs> cats. <laughs> I figured it was one cat and CGI. <laughs> but apparently, I mean, there was probably some CGI involved, hmm. like the bit where it opens its tentacle face. Mm. Apparently, the, a lot of the stuff of Brie Larson interacting with the cat is CGI because she's very allergic to cats. Ah. Fun character moment throughout this film is that apparently Nick Fury is a big cat lover. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> and cannot walk past this cat without fussing over it. It's adorable. Yeah, our other laughing point came just after the blockbusters crashed down when she was trying to contact Star Force and it was pointed out that she sounds just like Buzz Lightyear when he first steps out of his box. <laughs> trying to contact Starkware. And that was it. It kind of ruined the opening sequence for me there because that was just it. I was expecting her to just call people sad, strange little man and <laughs> tell them that she pitied them. I laughed at that like I pretended to get it, but I've actually never seen any of the Toy Story films. <gasps> I know. That's what everybody does. Come back on for season seven. <laughs> <laughs> With all the things we've mentioned that may be in Series 7, it's going to take us about 16 years to get through that season. <laughs> I'm actually not certain what season we're on now. Seven's just like the future word for me. Season seven's like 2020. It's just an indefined point in the future. <laughs> I mean, we're on Season 6 at the moment, that at the same time started 10 years ago, but also this year. Oh I'm looking God. back through the notes that I had, by which I mean texts I sent you while I was watching the film. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so apparently the very first thing I wrote down was getting a very conundrum vibe, which turns out to be kind of true, although not the best analogy. The best analogy, in my opinion, spoiler alert, is Knights of the Old Republic. (laughs) But now you've just ruined the future film for me. I haven't completed the game in a while. I'd forgotten everything about it, and now I just know. Do you not remember that we did that as part (laughs) of the plot twist season of Remedial Nerding? I know we did. I bought the game, and I'm still stuck in that fucking city. I'm still in that first city. I haven't yeah. made it out yet. 
I hate that place. I still haven't listened to that episode of the podcast. I've met the Wookiee, and that's about it. I got stuck playing the card game and gambling. Mooka shakapaka. You do not, in point of fact, have to beat everyone in the city at cards before you move on. I mean, I don't know if you've got the same completeness problem that I have, but you can just ignore that option. But there might be a secret achievement. I don't think I've even played many people at cards. We are way off topic here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we'll only be really off topic if Keanu Reeves never enters the MCU. So one thing we've not massively spoken about was the relationship between Carol and... Maria Rambo. Maria Rambo. Oh. That's a very American sounding name. Got an X in it. It's not just Rambo as I thought. <laughs> but according to the Wikipedia, it's not an X. It's just R A M B E A U. Yeah. It's just Bose yeah, right. and Beauregard. In which case, I take it back. <laughs> the sisters doing it from the cells, supporting each other through high flying careers in a man orientated world and kicking ass while they're raising a child together. Mm. Like friends do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a little Best bit. Best friends. Unclear. Well, it kind of seemed like the film was saying to the audience. You know what we're saying, but we can't say it for some reason. There was an awkward meeting in the producer's office about six months ago, and so that's why we've changed all these words to best friends. We know why they can't say it. There's a billion people in China, we want all their money. Exactly. <laughs> but then on the flip side of that, they could just be best friends and helping each other out and surviving together in this male orientated world of position them in. And bucking the trend that two women in the Air Force have to be lesbians. They could just be women in the Air Force. Do you know what? Not even that. They could just be fucking pilots. What? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you're wrong. They're gay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and I'll prove it to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Point number one. <laughs> Nearly the first thing that Carol does when she gets to Earth is steal a plaid shirt and a motorbike. There's nothing more gay than that. That's the most gay you can be. That's the most gay. Does Subaru make bike motorbikes? I don't know. I'm trying to imagine a hypothetical maximum, but it's in the realm of theory. <laughs> <laughs> Are some brands of motorcycle more gay than others? Well, Subaru is, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was point number one. What was point number two? Okay, this is the, the actual... rests? Here's my serious point. The Ben Mendelsohn scroll. Who is it that he meets on the space station? This is an actual question for you guys. Who is the other scroll to him that he meets? His wife. Oh, why do you think that, Dan? Do they kiss? <laughs> Does he say, hello, my wife and child? Or is it just a very sweet emotional reunion, much like we'd already seen with Maria and Carol and their child that they raised together. <laughs> but because it's a man and a woman, you're just like, ah, oh, husband and wife. That and Lieutenant Child, Lieutenant Child, Lieutenant Trouble Child, already referred to her as Aunt Carol. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was in the aunt, yeah, a favourite auntie who... Of whom she keeps childhood photos like you do with your favourite aunts. Yeah. They, they yeah. live together. And have it's fine. intimate memories of them from the moment the earliest you can remember. Like you do with your, yeah. your I was just going down, uncles. let's not invoke the stereotype of two female pilots needing to be lesbians. But chances are the film is pointing us in a very different direction. <laughs> 
I mean, it, it, is that a is that a stereotype? <laughs> but isn't it? Wasn't it a stereotype that if there were women in the forces, that they were gay? I mean, probably. I mean, that was literally illegal in this country until the year two thousand. If you if you go back to Aliens, the only woman on the the spaceship that wasn't the main character would probably have been described as a lesbian, as a butcher lesbian at that. I mean. There were only three female characters to interact there. Well, four if you count Newt as well. And none of them have enough screen time to establish anything. I mean, what what makes you think that Ripley's not gay? Just because she gets a bit friendly with Hicks. She doesn't do anything. Just because Vesquez has got bigger muscles than you, Dan, and could literally rip you in half with her bare hands. I'd enjoy it. <laughs> so would I. And then, I mean, there, then there is literally the pilot who also has... They were short back and sides. I forgot about the pilot. <laughs> yeah, she was so butch you thought she was a man. <laughs> I was thinking of Vasquez. I knew you were. <laughs> because wasn't there wasn't there even a line where he says, Has anyone ever confused you for a man? Yeah, she says that to <laughs> yeah. Hudson. We're back off topic, but Yeah, I'm gonna drag us back in and I'll try and remain calm. But <laughs> this film did wind me up a lot as much as I loved it. Um the auntie thing. I think it's perfectly reasonable that in the mid-90s the child would not call both of those women mum yeah like just it, it that wouldn't fly outside of their own house so call her auntie carol i think that makes sense yeah but paul mentioned it being illegal in the forces i saw a lot of discourse online about yeah but they couldn't say that they were gay because of don't ask don't tell which is a stupid argument because this is a movie where they're not in front of people that it needs to be a secret from you remember that conversation they have on their own in the garden right before they should have kissed (laughs) like they're not keeping it a secret from each other they wouldn't need to yeah the boss at the military is not gonna know but it's not a secret from the audience. The, the military that neither of them are both members of anymore. Exactly. I had the same reading of the situation as Joanna, which is that I was watching those scenes when they're at the farmhouse and almost seemed like the mouth movements and the words on the soundtrack don't line up. Mm. Like just someone went in afterwards and edited over with the words best friends. Mm. But then the counter argument is that at the very end of the film, she does just bugger off into space to be a space hero leaving them behind. It does yeah. promise to come back soon, though. That's true. I suppose we don't know that she hasn't been visiting Virginia in the meantime, except that she, she turns up in an end credit scene in the year 2015, question mark, and doesn't appear to know anything about what's been happening on Earth. I guess there's a slightly more complicated issue there with, like, she's a superhero now, and the last time they saw each other, she wasn't. She feels some sort of moral obligation to the universe to protect it. Am I correct in this that... The reason she's a superhero, she was a normal, except also exceptional and also a woman, Air Force pilot, but then got a big face full of Tesseract radiation yeah. when yep. someone shot it with a space gun well, and she kind of shot Dr. It. Manhattan'd it. Yeah. She shoots it so that Yon-Rog can't take it and gets blasted with blue uh, blue fizzy stuff. I mean, that Tesseract energy, it does a lot of shit. <laughs> What doesn't it do? That There's exactly. all sorts of different shit. Make a coffee? It opens portals to other realms. It You can use it to make weapons. Mm-hmm. You can make a superhero with it, apparently. No end of things it can do. Powers the Bifrost. The person that just got mentioned there was Jude Law's character, who's the heel turn one third of the way through the film. Mm-hmm. He's initially introduced as Carol Brackett's Ver's mentor, trainer. 
commanding officer. In some people's eyes, love interest, but I didn't think so. Yeah, no, they didn't seem to have that vibe. No, I didn't get that vibe, but when I watched it with Mum the other night, but it could just be that she's very into Jude Law. Jude Law is incredibly sinister in this film. Mm. I think from the start, and I don't quite know enough about filmmaking to work out why I think that. I think it's the gold eyes and the dark hair. Could be. It's just just off-putting. He does seem to only be playing baddies at the moment. Do you think that's a kind of deliberate effort to escape a typecasting? Possibly. What, by typecasting yourself for something else? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Works for some people. I believe the term is showing your range. (laughs) Is it showing a range if you just do the same thing every time? In small increments, <laughs> small changes. Out of the films we've seen, this is probably joining the small list of ones I want to watch again, along with Black Panther and Winter Soldier. I was trying to think what else to talk about, because like most films that we really liked, yeah. we've not done that much talking about the film, we've just talked about everything around it. When I watched this for my homework, it was only the second time I'd actually watched the film, and it's still not quite Ragnarok. but it's probably guardians of the galaxy i think the reason i want to see this film again is because throughout it there are revelations that recontextualize what happened before and occasionally they actually point that out in the text in that at one point carol's talking to minerva and we've mentioned that scene before she says you knew all along is that why we never hung out joke punchline no i just didn't like you (laughs) joke punchline brackets being so incredibly rude that we won't feel bad when you die a couple of scenes from now (laughs) (laughs) It's like a very mild kick the dog moment. Mm. I do wonder if with some of this though, it's if there are some foreshadowing for future movies. So the the young kid who says that has the line, maybe I'll meet you halfway there, mm-hmm. and follows it up with, well, maybe I'll build a spaceship. I know that there is a character, a young female character in some of the newer comics called Ironheart, who builds her own Iron Man suits. So I'm wondering if they're going to maybe use her to springboard that yeah i mean it seems like a good idea because you don't even need to use the same actress because if you set it in modern day she'll be like what oh i suppose she'd be older than i think because it's 2020 (laughs) so she'll be like mid 30s but that again that age would make sense if she was i don't know taking over from tony stark in an iron man role yeah might be third in the role that after spider-man (laughs) <laughs> who I, I'm assuming is going to come back from the Shadow Realm to become the head of the Young Avengers years 2020 through to 2030. <laughs> young Avengers, the Marvel take on Teen Titans. Or is it like the young Indiana Jones? <laughs> as long as it's not Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, I don't care. <laughs> so a sequel, a direct sequel is on the cards. I look forward to it. I, I don't... Yeah. I don't get this hate and this call out for her to be replaced because, as we all agreed, she did a fantastic job as lead in this. I had not heard that. That seems weird. I also don't know what Captain Marvel 2 is likely to be because it seems like she's going to play a major part in whatever the next film is. Endgame. Endgame, yeah. So one of the options there it might explore is what she does in the meantime. Oh, that would make sense. That's what I thought. Hmm. Or it may be just after Endgame. I feel like it won't be after Endgame because the nostalgia is such a big part of the bones Mm. of this film. Yeah, that's true. So much of the visual comedy is just based on like, lol, blockbuster, (laughs) y'all are old now. But it's a bit like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 used that from all the 
but with the soundtrack, yeah. they used that twice. I think twice is probably about the most you can get away with it because it'd be like, yeah, you've done this twice now. Mm. Now do something different. So you might be able to set a Captain Marvel sequel in like the early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe Captain Marvel comes back and stops Y2K from happening. <laughs> Write the screenplay, sir. <laughs> Thing is, I haven't, I, I have a notion, but I don't want to talk about it because it's spoiler laden. Mm. Oh, well, we've got next episode for that. Yeah, I wrote some things down that are so spoilery. Yeah, I mean, you can see from the way that you link into this from Infinity War, and then the very end end credit scene where everyone stood around where the uh, the pager dies. It's oh. incredibly linked to uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Mm. I was looking it up to see if this is true, and it's not quite true. Back to the Future came out 1985. The old-timey scenes in that were 30 years previous. <laughs> which is not quite the time gap between not Captain quite. Marvel and present day, but it's close. <laughs> oh, it's so All those good. people going around on homemade scooters with bow ties on in that film. That's how old you are now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when they went to the future and Back to the Future 2, that was 2015. Yeah. That was five years ago. <laughs> Bloody hell. Where's my hoverboard and giant 3D jaws? I, I like it when people shout, where's my flying cars? And someone else points out, we have them. We call them helicopters and they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of got all of the things in uh, Back to the Future and they were just like a bit shit. I mean, hoverboards, <laughs> they tried. They don't hover. No, they didn't try. They just decided to reuse the name. They did the lace-up <laughs> shoe thing and it took like 20 minutes to lace itself up. I mean, the hoverboards only, only work with the name hoverboard because mini Segway with no handlebars doesn't really roll off the tongue particularly well. It's not great for branding. No. Well, they, yeah, they presumably didn't start the meeting with what are the problems with the Segway? One, too easy to use. <laughs> <laughs> Two, too fast. Three, not enough LEDs in the wheels. <laughs> I call it the mini Segway or for the cool kids, M-Seg. No, no, no. <laughs> Bob, that is shit. We're going with hoverboard. Case closed. Move on. Favourite single moment in this film? Non sequitur. Live with it. What's a cat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, character we've not mentioned. Goose the cat. He's just on the airfield. Brackets. Turns out he's not a cat. He's also a space refugee who came here with Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> yeah, I love Goose. I love Goose. I Yeah, I sent you a text during the course of the film saying that cat is a scroll because of the way that the camera was focusing on it all the time. But no, he's not a scroll, he's a scroll tribble. Because <laughs> they're all terrified of it. In the comics, the the Flurkin was called, uh, was named after Chewie. It was, yeah. yeah. I imagine that was a licensing issue in the film. I think it might have been. Hang on, hang on. Oh no, Think of about that not. some more. <laughs> Bloody idiots. How can it be a licensing issue when, when Disney owns both Marvel and Star Wars? In that case, I think it's a clarity of brand problem. Yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's more the type of thing Disney are concerned about. Got to keep all the independent studios separate. <laughs> yeah. Because it it's not like we wouldn't believe it if they said the next Marvel film features various Star Wars characters. <laughs> <laughs> because it's turning into Super Smash Brothers at this point. <laughs> I think at this point I'd be quite into that as a concept. Well, they accidentally break open the universe and Obi-Wan falls through and goes and you know, chops Thanos' arm off with a lightsaber. <gasps> That's the new Obi-Wan series! He's like <laughs> dimension hopping! So it's sliders with Star Wars. 
Yeah, this is a great idea. People would love this. <laughs> oh, sliders. My pitch for the Obi-Wan series would just be a super gritty cop procedural. <laughs> so the second prequel movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if Obi-Wan was not wildly incompetent. He's the worst spy in the world. My my Obi-Wan series would just be Obi-Wan on Tatooine having handed off Luke just... <laughs> Going about his business, just living a quiet life in a hut. <laughs> so it would be it would be castaway, except in the desert. Yeah, just sat in the corner using the force to bounce a ball backwards and forwards <laughs> for twenty years. Workshopping ways, he's gonna skirt around the truth that he's got to tell Luke one day. <laughs> the emotional heart of the film, arguably, is analogous to the point in Guardians Two when Quill discovers he's got godlike powers or learns to harness them. And it is a montage of going through Carol's memories of... Because she has just been shown all the memories of the times when she's fallen down, basically. Mm -hmm. And it is then followed by a montage of those scenes when she's standing up again. That, in my opinion, is the best two minutes of any of the films we've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. It it was a really good sequence. It's so good. And the editing is perfect. Yeah, it is very, very well done. It is 1% ahead of the point the second time that Led Zeppelin starts playing in Thor Ragnarok, (laughs) which is in the number two slot. (laughs) I think it coupled with the line, you're right, I am only human. No, the determinedness of the human race to just get back up again. Fuck it. We'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep smashing our face against the wall until this works. And it's, it is that spirit that lives in Carol Danvers. I mean, that fall that she takes from those ropes. Ooh. I mean, that, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> I wouldn't have got up after that. I would have shouted, Medic! <laughs> <laughs> Your enemy cannot push a button if you disable his hand, shout for medic, you know? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to go and start putting in work on watching the Leviathan of a film that's coming down the pipe. (laughs) Yes. How many sittings do you think it'll take you? Well, it took me four to watch this one, which I (laughs) super enjoyed, and it's, I think, sub two hours, isn't it? Uh, It's two hours, three minutes uh, on iTunes. It's all right, you've only got to fit another 58 minutes in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> three hours one minute and 30 seconds but that's it next time it's the one we've all been waiting for for 15 years months <laughs> and we keep forgetting the title of endgame oh no i knew the endgame i was just pausing for effect <laughs> while i try and find the uh the note as to what nathan put about it I... breaking dawn part two it's just a beat for beat remake remake of breaking dawn part two I haven't seen Breaking Dawn Part 2. I understand it's a load of superpowered x-men having a big fight and then time gets reversed and none of it ever happened sort of yeah yeah, they literally do pull the, it was all a dream. In the book, it's so clever, though. They they dropped the ball with that film so bad. In the book, they don't go, and they both open their eyes and she takes her hand off him and doesn't say, yeah. this was a dream. Yeah. Also, in the book, it's one book, not two fucking movies. <laughs> I haven't watched or read any part of Twilight, and I have no intention to. You heard it here. That season eight is Harry Potter and the Twilight series. Ugh. Back to no. back. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. It could have got hobbited. <laughs> That's true. I don't like to think about that. <laughs> they were not taking the hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found a note that's not spoilery for Endgame. Oh, okay. two, actually. You know when um, Fury lifts the uh, sheet up and has a look at the scroll's junk? Yep. Improvised, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Which just makes me appreciate Ben Mendelsohn even more. He is magnificent just, and I love he him. Just, he just went with it and they both yeah. did a, hmm. 
Head nod. I mean, that's the beauty of method acting. <laughs> I, I do have one thing that bugs me. Ooh. When her when she puts on a helmet, why is she the only one with a mohawk of hair? And why does her hair get cut off magically by the helmet? Why has she not got like, a big long set of hair coming out the top of her helmet rather than just a little spiky mohawk? It's not cut off, and the only way I can explain this to you is by demonstrating with my hair. So if her hair is down, oh gosh, over her ears, <laughs> when the helmet comes up, it pushes the hair up to the top. It doesn't just like make this hair disappear. It should still be really long though. But She's it's not, not got that it's, long it's, it's hair. It's quite short. You've seen the helmet. <laughs> Dan, as a man with cool. short hair, are you trying to mansplain this to no, I'm know, trying a little to, girl I'm, with I'm hair? I'm trying to understand because I don't hair. understand the physics of hair. You don't understand the physics of hair when it's protruding through an automatic helmet that deploys <laughs> when your super-powered Dr. Manhattan <laughs> Eternal gets ejected into space unexpectedly. <laughs> yes. I think what exactly you should be more concerned with is that her suit has fingerless gloves and I looked and the blue light does not go around the tips of her fingers. So her suit's not even airtight while it's in space. <laughs> no, but that's just so she can use her phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they Who cares all, if all she suffocates rest... if she can send a tweet? Well, you're not going to suffocate through your fingertips. I mean, all your blood might boil out of into, the, into the vacuum of space and they'll certainly swell up very painfully. To be honest with you, I just assumed that she could breathe space now because we've established that you can breathe the quantum realm. <laughs> and also that she's, you know, eaten a tesseract or something. Maybe that's how she gets her power. She's just expanded the quantum realm up to real size inside her. Ooh. I mean, that makes no sense, but nor does anything else in this case. <laughs> why, why does Goose not suffer any Captain Marvel-esque you know, ability gaining after ingesting the Tesseract. Because he's not a cat. The Tesseract is in a box. Yeah, the cube is the carry the case. The cube is, yeah, the stuff inside the cube is the magic space energy. Yeah. You can touch the box and nothing will happen. He doesn't digest the box, he just The Red Skull was able it. to siphon the thing off with you know, 1940s technology. A cat or flarkin's stomach designed for dissolving people and armour, apparently, because those things never fucking reappeared, didn't touch the Tesseract. I think he's got a special storage <laughs> Storage <compartment>. stomach. <laughs> it's just got several, yeah. stom- several stomachs. It's probably got a crop, a gizzard, a, a food stomach, yeah. uh, an ice cream stomach, a jelly stomach, a tesseract stomach, mm-hmm. a scroll stomach, mm-hmm. a, a cree stomach. And a poop stomach. <laughs> for when he eats poop? No, for when he makes poop. All right. That one comes out the other end. Right. Isn't that a colon? It's a poop stomach. Yeah, poop stomach, colon, same thing, right? Yeah. Unless it's only half one, in which case it's a semicolon. Hey! <laughs> Oh, we're not going to beat that. Roll the theme tune. That's it for this week, peeps. Tune in next time for more remedial nerding. <laughs>